Ira on Sports. This is the True Oldies channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. It's time to bring in Kurt Sampson. He's the author of Roaring Back, The Fall and Rise of Tiger Woods. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Kurt's Column. Kurt, thank you so much for joining us today here on Ira. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Kurt, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, your book, Roaring Back, I read it I read it today, actually. Uh, tremendous book about Tiger Woods. And you don't just talk about the Masters win that he had, where you what you finished, but also, like when you said Roaring Back, it's like where he was and where he became. And uh, I thought it was like, I think it's like the first definitive account of, 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 of Tiger's comeback uh, of winning the majors and now positioning himself into uh, this year, which everybody's looking forward to. Well, uh, thanks for noticing. Um, yes, I thought this um, latest win for Tiger, uh, that is his Masters win, was deserving of uh, some instant nostalgia. It needed to be memorialized uh, in a way in in uh, in ink and paper, um, and I was happy to do it. Um, it was uh, such theater, amazing drama uh, on that Sunday at Augusta. But of course, that's not all the book is about. But I, but it comes back to the Masters because we you mentioned in 1997 for his first win when he beat people forget that he beat Constantino Rocca and I loved how you said he was wearing a club med hat um, when Tiger just dominated the field and, and made his emergence. But you you you, harken, you talk about the Masters in terms of the Masters has always not been has been one of the tournaments that has not been welcomed to African Americans and you mentioned Charlie Sifford and the, and the struggles when he actually got on the tour the Masters wouldn't even let him play in that tour and was it was important for Tiger not only just to win all these majors, but to win the Masters. I mean, that is his goal. And then to, to sort of bookend from the 1997 win to the win he had last year, just as like the perfect uh, bookends. The, you know, I heard you bring up the, an interesting point. It's so tricky um, to even talk about the, um, uh, the subject of race. Tiger was a reluctant, uh, and I think partially is still a reluctant uh, avatar of his race. You remember the tortured... Uh, um, a phrase he had uh, he, that he wasn't black, he was Cablin Asian for a while. Um, that said, um, his, uh, he became great friends with Sifford. He uh, was, has not been uh, shy about what, um, what his wins have meant. Um, and it is terrific. There has been a, uh, had been a racist vibe at Augusta National. I think Tiger shattered that uh, pretty completely. And the other comparison that you make is with Ben Hogan, and people don't know like who Ben Hogan was. Ben Hogan's considered many as the great, one of the, the greatest golfers ever. And Hogan was in the prime of his career, winning tournaments, and was hit by a Greyhound bus uh, while he was driving. And and as you as you write in the book, he, he easily could have just died in the accident, but severely injured, but came back and overcame all these injuries and was able, like almost Tiger Woods like in terms of overcoming the injuries, to become the superstar golfer. Again. Yeah, that um, Tiger's uh, and, and Ben Hogan's stories have some uh, some similarities uh, coming back from from the brink. Of course, Hogan faced life threatening uh, uh, injuries, and his sort of iffy public persona and popularity uh, went from um, I don't know respect to outright awe and admiration because at the moment before the bus impacted the, their car, Ben Hogan threw himself in front of his wife, Valerie, uh, shouting, look out, Val. And uh, uh, Valerie at the hospital couldn't stop 
uh, telling writers that, and it got out quickly. And um, it, it adds a new bit of flavor to, to Hogan's um, hero journey. Tigers was different, though, wasn't it? Um, he was this absolute paragon, and then he went to below zero, I'd say, what with uh, the scandals, uh, his uh, multiple, multiple um, infidelities. Um, he went from someone that parents wanted their kids to look at and emulate to somebody to turn away from. He was the butt of jokes on late night TV. He came back from an, uh, an amazingly dark place. Uh, I, my hat is off to him. He overcame that, that um, ridicule and, and laughter, which must have stung him deeply. So, and I thought it was interesting. You, you really harped on the 2010 Masters, which was his last with working with uh, swing coach Hank Haney and about how that fell apart at, after 2010. This was post-scandal, post-everything, and he's back there. And then uh, uh, Steve Williams, that was the uh, starting to be the end of uh, uh, of his caddying with Tiger. And then Tiger really changes almost his entire team and, and, and sort of was searching for like Sean Foley. And, and now he's without a coach, but, but, but Joe LaCava, who's the, 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 the caddy, his caddy now. And I've seen Tiger play Genesis this year, the U.S. Open. I have saw him at, uh, at, at the U.S. Open and the PGA Championships. And I think uh, LaCava is, is just a phenomenal caddy for him. I mean, a calming influence. It's just totally different oh. than when Steve Williams was the caddy. And I, I think it really fits Tiger, what Tiger is right now. You know, I, that's interesting, Ira. I hope you're right. Um, Steve was, uh, I hope I can say this word on your radio, but he was such a pain in the ass. He was so much like a nightclub bouncer of a, of a caddy. Um, um, uh, someone who, um, for the least infraction or no infraction at all, Steve was likely to go into the gallery and, uh, and, and speak loudly and impolitely to that person who, for, who were for potentially bothering his his client Joe's vibe, as you point out, is is calm and uh, mellow, and it was this brand of uh, mellowness that I thought I detected um, in the most recent Masters. I watched the tape of the entire tournament many times. Not only did Tiger not swear that I saw, and he's infamous for laying out some f bombs, he didn't even mutter as he was coming off uh, greens after not making a putt. And that's, we've just seen him do that forever. So he had achieved some sort of great uh, mental state. Uh, it re- was really, I'm sure, a big factor in him winning the most recent Masters. Well, in, and, and we're going to jump to the most recent Masters. Um, and we're talking to Kurt Sampson, the author of Roaring Back, uh, uh, the book about Tiger Woods and, and his comeback in the, in the this past year's Masters. But he's against Molinari, uh, Finau, uh, Brooks Kepka. I mean, it was like when you're watching, it's like everyone, it was almost a battle royal. I mean, another wrestling analogy. It's almost battle royal in terms of everybody's coming after Tiger. They're taking the lead and everyone's hitting the ball in the water. But I was interested a quote that he said. He goes, he could hear, he knew which, where the roars were coming from and he knew where, he knew who was on the hole. So he sort of, even though the score, he didn't see what the scores were, he had a feeling where he was compared to the other golfers. Yeah, it was interesting to hear him talk about this. His, uh, by far the best interview he's ever given, in my opinion, was the one he gave with Henny Zool of uh, Golf TV in the aftermath of this win. It was so uncharacteristically informative, um, as good as 
anything Jack Nicholas ever did, um, and that's according to Jerry Tardy, the um, um, the editor in chief of, of Golf Digest. So yeah, that's that's a very cunning uh, competitor, isn't it? That um, has his uh, auditory um, signals uh, that he's calibrating those uh, where the roar comes from, the character of the roar. Does that mean a birdie or a bogey or even an eagle? Um, so it was it was great theater, um, and Tiger was totally lucky to win because a couple of other guys uh, lost it as much as Tiger won it. Well, do you think it's the intimidation factor? I mean, a lot has been saying is that there is no Tiger effect, that these young golfers aren't as intimidated as the people back 10, 12 years ago with Tiger. Um, there might be not as much intimidation factor, but his clear his knowledge of these courses, especially the Masters and how to play golf, and as long as he has his physical skills, it gives him such an advantage over these other golfers. You know, I, I think the guys played 84 competitive rounds at uh, in the Masters. That's a lot. At his uh, practice rounds, his whatever, informal rounds during the year, uh, that's practically his home course. Uh, he, he knows how to play that thing. And while I don't think that fellow competitors worry about what he's doing over much um, in the heat of battle, um, boy, what, a, what an advantage it is for Tiger to, to um, be such a cool hand uh, because he knows the shots he needs to hit from uh, A to Z there. And you gave a lot of credit to Richard Geyer, Dr. Geyer, in your book about the spinal fusion surgery he had in April 2017. And the quotes where Tiger was telling Nick Faldo and other people, like, I think I'm done. Like, I, I'm not going to play. And you, you pulled up a bunch of these quotes about him uh, because and you mentioned how the surgery, you're lucky, did not have pain, let alone to be able to have your motion back that you can actually swing a golf club. Yeah, he had pain at first, of course, and that's... Um um, you, um, everyone remembers the DUI and the D, DUI photograph. Um, like, all, like a lot of back pain sufferers, um, Tiger was a user of uh, some opioid or, or other um, uh, to treat his back uh, pain before the surgery and after. And then uh, there on that night, he <clears throat> it, it was just a loud signal about how poorly he was feeling, how much pain he was in. Um, physically and psychically, too, I think, given that five or six um, combination uh, drug cocktail. That's another aspect of the comeback. I, I think, uh, at least I feel no uh, animosity or judgment of, toward Tiger about the DUI. Of course, he endangered himself and other motorists, but it was such a, a loud shout uh, how badly the poor guy felt um, and that was a, a, another little piece of the puzzle uh, that makes his comeback so interesting yeah I mean that's what's what's amazing about Tiger is that uh, he has I think that what I was thinking about golf is he's been around for so long and you're not going to get people in their mid to late 40s still playing basketball and maybe Tom Brady with football to some extent. But generally, we don't have that. And if he can still have all his abilities and if he's healthy enough to play and use the intelligence that he has, we're going to have, like, that's where it's all going to come together and he's going to be able to win these tournaments. And, and you saw what happened in Japan. I mean, there's a tournament that no one, he was like, no one thought he had a chance to do anything and he ends up winning out of nowhere. And I think that's what it comes back when whenever you think he's down, whenever you think he, but if he's feeling good and he 
and he understands the course and understands how to play right, that he's he's going to win that tournament. Uh, it, it is um, um, a testament, um, among other things, to Tiger's work ethic. Nobody has ever rehabbed harder <laughs> post-surgery than, uh, than Tiger did. Uh, he really worked very hard. Um, the, the doctors were amazed at um, how much range of motion he recovered. That said, though, Ira, it's a ticking time bomb. Uh, arthritis is inevitable in his lower back now and uh, diminished uh, flexibility. It's just in his future. Um, he's 44. It's not going to get better. So we're talking to Kurt Sampson, uh, I guess the the author of Roaring Back, uh, a story about Tiger Woods. Um, the question is, is do you, uh, that everyone wants to know is, is he going to hit 18? Is he going to win three more majors? Can he win three more majors? Is it possible? Uh, what's your opinion about that? <laughs> My crystal ball is a little hazy on that, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, he has done so well at Augusta National uh, and, and his home course advantage, so to speak, is so um, so superior to that of anyone else. He could win. Uh, he could win at Augusta again. I, I really think so for the next year or two. Um, I think the back is going to limit him after that. I don't see him winning um, a U.S. Open, which is going to be too long, or a British Open, which could be cold and uh, and wet, which is horrible for. Um, guys with uh, with back pain. Um, I, I really like his chances at, at Augusta this year again. Wow, that would be exciting. But, uh, well, Kerr, well, thank you. You're the author of Roaring Back. The, you, you call it the, the fall and rise of Tiger Woods. And uh, you've also wrote uh, the book called The Masters and on book on Ben Hogan. So uh, it's certainly one of the premier golf writers out there. And I really appreciate you coming on Iron Sports. Uh, nice of you to say, Ira, I had a ball. Thanks for having me on.